Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Peter Sorgenfry. Peter Sorgenfry was previously the CEO of Holo, the premier operator of autonomous vehicles in Europe. Before that, Peter spent 16 years in the U.S. and the U.K. until 2016, developing products, services, and businesses for a diverse range of employers and clients like Daimler Chrysler, Toyota, UBS, Unilever, AB InBev, and American Express. His area of expertise is predicting consumer and technology trends 20-plus years out into the future. Peter has worked on Wall Street for UBS as an equity analyst and has founded his own product and service development consultancy before moving to London in 2013 and then Denmark in 2016. Well, good afternoon, Peter. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Awesome, Peter. I appreciate you jumping on today, and I'm so excited. Uh, you're hailing out of the country of Denmark, and you know we just talked about this, but people probably will think you're from the United States, which you did spend some time here, but that's just simply amazing. Love doing these international podcasts, probably my favorite ones of all. So thanks again. And we're going to jump into the questions, Peter. You've got quite the career in fintech, automotive, you're an entrepreneur. Peter, could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Thanks for having me on, by the way. Well, as I was preparing for today, I thought about sort of stages in my career. So kind of first starting out, learning how to run, and then now that I've been a professional human being for 20 plus years. And I think starting out, the thing that helped me along the way was focusing on working with sort of world-class companies and people. You know, this is obviously 25 years ago and, and startup, the startup scene was vastly different than it is today. But from my own perspective, I tried to find I worked for Toyota, for example, and that was a very deliberate choice because I thought that they were, that was an environment where I could learn the most. So in the beginning of my career, I focused on where can I learn, where can I work with some people that are best in class in their category. And then as I got more experience, I started switching towards focusing on things that I really enjoy doing. So in the beginning, you, you might take a job that you can get, or you might be not super psyched about what you're doing, but you kind of go along with it as to learn. And then later on, for me at least, I said, well, I want to be spending one third of my awake hours or one third of my hours total on something I really enjoy. So that seems intuitive. Most people say, yeah, I, I want to do that. But I've experienced that most people don't. Most people kind of take a job, kind of go through the motions, don't really enjoy the work, don't really enjoy the environment. And for me, that's just a waste of time and a waste of life. So I started doing that in the second part of my career. And then in the, in the third part that I'm in now and have been in maybe the last five, six years or so, I focused on working with people that I can inspire and that I can give something back to. So in my latest venture, I ended up hiring 65 people across five countries. And my primary motivation there was to give them the best career experience that they could have. So that's been, if you will, the secret to, to my success or my growth I've understood kind of how to leverage the different stages to uh, produce outcomes that my shareholders or bosses have appreciated. That's amazing. I love that your background and, and the why, you know, why you went into what you do and what you did and created that company. So I appreciate that. And Peter, let's talk a little bit about this new normal. You know, as you know, everybody globally has had to pivot, make major shifts, right? Could you share with us what you think is coming for businesses now and how they have to adapt? I think there are three things that has happened during the outbreak of COVID-19. One is obviously more people are using more technology in more places. You and I are today on a Zoom call. 
the Zoom growth has been tremendous. The Microsoft team growth has been tremendous. And with that has come a, a product development on, in those two companies and on others to keep up. So more people using more technology, more places, that's one of the effects of the pandemic. And I think that's just going to continue because you and I are old enough to remember 20, 30 years ago with the advent of the internet or 40 years ago, maybe even. Now we're all going to work from home. It's going to be great. But nobody did, right? Because we're human beings who want to be near people. Now, all of a sudden, we've been forced to do it. And everybody realizes, hey, wait a minute. This is great. I can actually transact business. I can actually be a professional human being without commuting to an office, without traveling around the world. And it's pretty good. It, it kind of works because we're all forced to do it. So we make do. So that's number one. Number two, I think efficiency actually has gone up. If you look at and sort of how people are talking about how they prepare themselves for their workday now, because we're sitting in our living rooms or wherever we're sitting doing our business, we think about the meetings we're going to have. We think about the things we're going to discuss. We actually discuss them. We're clear about who does what after we get off the call. So technology has forced us to essentially become more effective at the business part, not just by using technology. So I think that will continue. We'll start finding that people actually get more done during the day. But then on the other side, the flip side, the third thing I want to bring up is relationships. So you and I have just met, you know, we communicated online a little bit in email, and we are now, I'm hoping, creating some sort of relationship, which we otherwise may not have had. But the relationships are still going to be harder because we can't see each other. We don't see each other as frequently. We're not next to each other in our offices. So I think there's a big task for all of us to spend more time actually, even though we're efficient and even though we don't want to sit and look at a screen all day, spend that time to get to know the people at the other end because it doesn't happen at the water cooler. It doesn't happen when we go to a Starbucks for a coffee to catch up as we used to. So those are the three things I want to bring up in terms of how we need to, to adapt in the new pandemic. I appreciate that, Peter. I think that's very insightful and you're absolutely right. The things that we sometimes take for granted or things that we think would never work, you're kind of forced into that corner and you have to you have to make do with it and adapt. So thanks for sharing. And Peter, are you currently leveraging any new or emerging technology within your business? And if not, is there any cool tool or app you're using that you could share with us? I don't know. I might be a little bit atypical because I've been working for and by myself for so many years. And one of the things that that has led me to is sort of a maniacal focus on automation. So a couple of examples of that is I don't spend time emailing back and forth with people about when we can meet. I send them a link to my calendar. I use something called Calendly and I can set the parameters around when I'm willing, if you will, to have a phone call or have an in-person meeting and then people book it themselves. And then what, once they do that, I've automated that a box it's called is created in my CRM system. I use a streak, which is integrated with the workspace at Google, which is where I have my email and calendar and all the other accounts. So automatically, if somebody books a meeting with me, a task is created for me to follow up with them and prepare for that. And all their information is transmitted to my CRM system. And then, of course, uh, today we're on Zoom. I use Google Meet um, or Teams or whatever it is that people want to talk on. So I think that the actual tools or apps are uh, maybe less important because there will always be some new tool, always some new app. I think what people could benefit from trying to do is to say, okay, what are the tasks, what are the things that I spend time doing where I as a human don't really add that much value? typing in information, organizing information, that kind of thing. And then find the tools that you feel comfortable with to automate some of that process. 
So that would be my advice. That's great. Now, and I think in just recent years, especially with the pandemic, people have picked up some of these tools and found that it's pretty easy to integrate them with your existing platforms. Zapier's become very popular for you know your workflow automation. And like I said, Calendly, I use Calendly. I think this is amazing. Yeah, a lot of these things just all inter- integrate. So that's that's awesome. So Peter, last question. People here in our global audience wants to know a little bit more about Peter Sorgenfrey. Can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in leadership or entrepreneurship? Yeah, there, I think I, I want to raise two points. One is when I, early in my career, sort of got management responsibility or I was told to lead a group or, or lead a group of people, I didn't quite feel ready, right? You're kind of like, whoa, that's a big step and it might look nice on your CV, but behind the facade, you're like, do I know how to do this? And what is required? And I think my first piece of common advice on that is trust the people giving you that responsibility, trust in the folks that say you are ready. And that's the second thing is that's what I've been done here. in the third part of my career is I've spent a lot of time with the folks that I've hired, even people that don't report directly to me to essentially build up their confidence and maybe give them a responsibility before they themselves realize that they're ready. Because from that comes tremendous growth and tremendous sort of engagement and loyalty, really, because people see like, well, this person put his trust in me and I can actually do this. And from that comes much better performance in teams. So I think traditional leadership is very much one of, you know, you kind of have to work your way up the ranks and prove yourself and all these other things. And my advice would be, Look at the people behind the job title. And even though they're young and even though they don't have experience in your category, if they're the right humans, give them that responsibility. And I think you'd be surprised at the performance that you get. I think that's great. On this show, we we kind of focus on technology, but out of this comes a lot of leadership topics and what people have learned, you know, given somebody that first chance opportunity. We talk about mentorship, these sorts of things. So I really do appreciate that. And Peter... It was a pleasure having you on the show today, and I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thanks for having me. Bye for now.